star of the hit show. You can watch it on uh, Netflix, by the way. It's called Shit's Creek. It is one of the funniest programs I've ever seen. Gentle around the edges, but you know what? It has a point to every episode. Look for Shit's Creek online on uh, on Netflix. It's an it's it's an endorsement. It's not a, it's not a commercial. It's just something I enjoy. And once you see it, you'll understand perhaps why you'll sit down and watch all six seasons before seventh and final season comes up. Tony, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Brought to you in part by Fly Racing's Light Hydrogen Line, the fruit. Uh, first truly lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line to define the minimalist li- wow minimalist lightweight category tony you'll look for him online at flyracing.com for more details and i believe that's the gear that our next guest wears Colton really? haker who is a super enduro champion how's it going champion. how's it going guys i'm up here and uh yeah, using the light hydrogen gear. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? How does the BOA system work? What? It just It's just amazing. It seems, yeah, it seems difficult. It's, Is it difficult? It can cinch down my love handles to the point where I... <laughs> you think you're skinny. Where my butt crack doesn't come out anymore. <laughs> it used to. Now, Colton, I know you're skinny, but I'm not. So, it's just, it's fantastic. Well, if you're skinny, then it also helps because it cinches down when, you know, you're skinny and tall. Sometimes pants are... You know, nothing like, to hold them up. Yeah, I got snug them up. You ain't got enough junk in the trunk. Down. Yeah. So let's let's uh, talk about. Uh, yeah, I got. I use the bow today. Actually, sometimes sometimes I'm feeling the because uh, the the light hydrogen is like a little bit tighter uh, around my around my legs and stuff than than their other set, which I forget the name of right now. But sometimes I wear that stuff. Kinetic. I wear the other. Today, I felt like wearing light hydrogen. I think it's the kinetic is what you're talking about, right? Could be, yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's heard the word It's before. not like you endorse this stuff. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture here of you. It says 2019 FIM Super Enduro World Champion. Hmm. All right. Pretty well, sweet. say about it. <laughs> it's awesome. Talk about yeah. it. Um. How fun! How fun was the chase to the championship? Uh, it was interesting uh, year, to say the least. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, the the ending of the season uh, just didn't go as I as I would have liked, uh, especially as um, like a past champion and as just like an athlete who really tries to pride himself on like his ability to get the job done. Um, the final, the final race of the season came down, um, in super Enduro, we race three races a night. Um, and each race is full points paying. So they're in a single night. You can make up 60 points. If you weren't to race and the other competitor was to race and win every race, there's 60 points up for grabs. And, uh, it was coming down between Cody Webb and myself who were, um, I believe we were like, maybe 12 points apart going into the night and into the final moto. Um, I think we were eight points apart or nine. Can't remember. Uh, basically I, I need to finish in fourth if Cody was to win. And I found myself in fifth place at the, uh, at the final lap. And, I had made some mistakes and 
honestly, I, I, I couldn't finish. I didn't only, I only finished fourth in one out of the, um, 12 motos that we had ran so far that year. So for me to finish fourth was like, it didn't seem possible. Really. I finished top three in every moto up until that point. So to find myself in fifth was like really strange. Um, something that, you know, I just got real tight. I rode tight, and uh, that was kind of odd. But uh, Cody had won the race, and when I was, I, I was trying my best to get back into position to clinch the title, and uh, pretty much went out in the ball of fury over the finish line, crashed, and was un- unsure really what had happened. Um, I thought I had lost the race. Um, come to find out, actually, my teammate had actually let up for me, and. Uh, and basically played a little bit of a team team player role, and I was basically crowned champion at that point. So, you guys still there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're enjoying wait, the story. Just waiting my turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, as a, as a, it was, it was just like, it was slightly bittersweet, right? Because I would like to go out there and, and, and perform the way I know how to, um, Cody did, did a great race. Um, he had nothing to lose and, and he rode like it. Um, and I kind of let a little bit of the, like the situation, um, kind of get the best of me in that moto. The moto before I won, um, when I really felt like it was on the line. And then when it came down to, it was weird. Um, cause, cause when it, when it came down to the final race and having to get fourth seemed like a, like a sure thing, like uh, like everybody would know that would pay attention to the racing that there's no way Colton could finish outside of fourth. Sure. And when it changed from me having to to win outright, which uh, was what I had to do in the race before, um, when it changed from winning the race to getting fourth, it was like a it was like a mind deal. It was hard for me to to wrap my head around it for some reason. I think the pressure to um, to not mess up a sure thing was more in- immense than the pressure with my back against the wall and no choice but to win. Um, so, yeah, I'm the 2019 FIM Super Enduro World Champion. Um, I got some help from, from my teammates in the process, but obviously a championship is comprised of multiple races over the course of well, in the course of our racing championship, it was over months. So to be in that position in the end took took a lot of racing. Um, the way it went down in the very end was not something that I'm overly enthused about, but um, the check cleared, so I guess we're good. <laughs> the check cleared is right. We see that a lot in uh, in uh, racing, you know, and I and I was. I was really interested like this year in the Supercross to see what Cooper Webb does because is he going to choke? Is he going to is the pressure going to get to him and it's a real thing and obviously no nobody on this side of the phone line has ever been in a situation like you were in just this year, you know, where you've got to finish fourth and it's like, "Well, I don't go I don't go racing to finish fourth. I go out to win." And 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 it it was uh it 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 upset your, your balance, right, as a racer. And uh, 
it's it's a real thing. I mean, we see it, and I'm not going to call anybody but, out, but it's, I mean, like, it happens. I, I would talk about I would talk about Cincerello as an example because more people would know about this situation sure, recently. Sure. So, so Adam had an amazing season, right? Um, his main competitor is in the lead. First time that he's really gotten a whole shot all year. Put the pressure on Adam to finish. Um, I think he needed to finish in third or fourth. Um, I can't remember exactly, but he was totally in position to make that happen. Um, was riding was riding well, but I think in a normal situation, a- Adam would would probably be pushing more on the leader than 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 rather than than barely holding on to like third or fourth. If I would, you know, guess from his previous performances throughout the year. And so that, that kind of pressure, it happens to everybody. Everyone experiences it. Um, just how you're able to kind of make that switch in your mind. You know, I, I like to think about like Ricky Carmichael, you know, or James Stewart when they had perfect seasons. I think, I think uh, James talked about in, his, in the last episode that he, that he had released there about his retirement. He said he had to continuously think about other things than than a perfect season so he had to like challenge himself winning just winning wasn't going to be enough so he had to challenge himself like can i lap the whole field or can i win by two minutes or can i have this type of lap time yeah those are things that just kind of um keep your mind off of the situation that you're in and focus on something else so it's just that that's something that would help um you know, I wasn't able to run through any of those kind of role plays or as you might call them or, or situations in my head leading up to the event because you're just you're just trying to um, figure out how the night's going to go in general. When I had three races, I went from in the first race, it could have it could have completely changed the outcome in just the first race alone. So I had I had 20, you know, 20 minutes between the second race and the third race to essentially figure out how I would handle situation and um, if I could have a redo at handling situation, I, I, I'd probably take it. So, Well, you know, and, and I, I saw a video, you know, we saw, we all watched the video and when Cody lost his mind over the deal, you know, and, and uh, he thought he had won the, the title and then come to find out that, that uh, your teammate chokes up and, and there's some team tactics or whatever. And, and, Hopefully you split that big check with him, or at least give him a little, or at least the team gave him something. But uh, uh, maybe not. Um, but I think uh, he actually got free parking. So free like, parking yeah, at yeah, the uh, uh, well, the race shop. That's a big stamp, deal. Yeah, they stamped the ticket. They stamped the ticket. Yeah, nice. And yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, we're, though. T- we're talking about this a few months later. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty transparent with my. I'm pretty transparent with my. So people might not understand like. Um, you're a straight I'm talker really transparent with the way, well, with the way I am about it, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, everyone can, can talk about it or, or perceive it however they want to. I, I didn't say anything, um, regarding the situation. I was, um, kindly asked not to, um, not really talk about it. Okay. Well then we don't need to talk about it. It's all good. But, I mean, I, it's been, it's been a few months since. Yeah, we're so not I trying to like. stir the pot. No worries, but um, but yeah, um, that's just 
the situation and the way the way it went down was uh, was interesting. I, I like to talk about that because because uh, I think people um, can understand the situation and it's hard, you know it's hard for for fans looking in. You know, I think sure. I think it's interesting to, to think about how uh, the perspective of the racers. That's all. But um, but yeah. What are you going to do now? And how it went down. What are you uh, What are you up to? Yeah, did you guys happen to find out the Endurocross series? Kind of like like kind of like the AMA stopped supporting the Endurocross series, and the Endurocross series struggled with sponsorship. Ain't so, no kinda. It's done, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so the Endurocross series found um, basically uh, had a really successful year last year. Um, there was great attendance. Um, they had their first profitable year in the last like, four or five years. Um, at the end of the year, the the owners decided to sell. I think it was Bonnier Corporation, I think, owns Endurocross, which is like a magazine and events company. Um, and they decided to sell. They sold to like a private, uh, private, private guy. And he kind 30 of, seconds. I think, lost. Yeah. He lost some uh, sponsorship, and then in the end, decided not to do the series. It's a bummer, man. Um, yeah, but I guess we're looking at maybe a replacement-style series coming up called Enduro X Racing, uh, where they're going to host three rounds instead of six. But at least it's something. Uh, that's good news. Uh, Eric Pernard is heading that series, so the Perfect. And you know what? That's where we're going to end the uh, conversation with our guest, Colton Haker. We are up against the clock, heading to the top of the hour. That's a hard break for you folks out there in radio and uh, podcast land. We appreciate you listening. This has been another exciting hour of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. For Tony Wink and PJ Duran, I'm Scott Casper. Thanking Bobby Fong, Johnny Lewis, and Colton Haker. Coming up, Jeff May, Bryce Prince. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.